Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, where we talk all things menopause. And today I'm excited to have with me Elaine Blaze. And Elaine is a certified self-approval life coach for women, a midlife troublemaker, and a founder and the founder of a difficult woman collective. An author and spiritual practitioner, Elaine specializes in empowering women to heal perfectionism and reclaim their personal power through the art of self-approval. Through her own lived experiences, Elaine has come to understand the power of embracing all aspects of oneself, including those that may be perceived as difficult, wrong, or unacceptable. Now she is passionate about helping other women do the same by writing a new story for their lives. She believes that being a difficult woman is not only acceptable, but necessary to creating the life you want to live. And he, she is here to support and guide you in your own journey of self-discovery and living the fullest version of yourself. Elaine, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here with me today. Thank you. It's really my pleasure to be here. So you made a post on Facebook about a project that you've been doing for quite some time now. And I found it was just fascinating to hear about. And I reached out to you. And so tell us a little bit about this project that you've been doing and some of the things that you found out through doing it. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, 2023 for me was a year of I don't know. I'm going to say maybe getting ready, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of introspection and what's, what's next. Um, and in December, um, as a result of that, I decided to write a love letter every single day through the month of December to those people that are on my email list. And I loved it so much and they loved it so much that I decided to continue it through this year. So 366 days of love letters. Um, I really had this strong sense that 2024 is a year of big transition, of um, really coming into my own. And I'm sure if I'm feeling that for myself, other women are feeling the same thing. So for I have- sure. <laughs> oh yeah, right. 
Um, and I think it's our time, quite honestly. Um, and, um, you know, it's been interesting. So today will be love letter number 43. Today's day 43 in this year, 2024. And I, what I'm finding is, um, for me, the commitment to doing this every day, the discipline of doing this every day has started to show up in other areas of my life. Mm. which has been really fascinating for me. Um, you know, I truly believe that the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And that we create our lives, we create the experiences of our lives through our thoughts, through how we, we speak our lives into existence, right? Whether, the, whether we're saying words out loud or mm -hmm. they're just thoughts in our head, those are still sentences, words that we're saying to ourselves. And so actually putting the thing that you want to do or something that you would love to do into practice and really doing it is um, incredibly empowering. And so this is my way of getting my writing out into the world, doing something that I truly love, that I'm passionate about, which is teaching around the art of self-approval and doing it every single day. That's so cool. So where do you... One of the things that fascinated me when you when we talked was I was I think I was coming off of a conversation with a coach that I have who is very um, very pragmatic, let's say, and it was sort of a um, we had been talking about batching content and doing the same the same kind of stuff at the once in a week and then being able to, you know, just parse mm -hmm. that out and use it over, over the course of a week. But one thing that you said to me was that you had committed to doing this, not in a batch on Monday or, you know, a batch on the first and the 15th or a batch in, for January, but you had committed to doing this every single day. Yeah. And doing it in the moment, which was, I thought was really very cool. Why did you make that decision? And mm -hmm. how has that made what you're doing different than the other way of doing? It? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I think a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of people who use social media have uh, uh, newsletters and I've done it in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, just sort of creating something and then repurposing that content over the course of a week or a month or something. Um, and there's there's no right or wrong way to do this. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I think for me, um, what felt really um, sort of inspiring, I guess, about this is the organic nature of writing in the moment, right? And I talk a lot about being in the present moment. When we are in fear, we're stuck in the past, right? It, the same thing might happen to us. When we're in worry, we're out there in the future, something that hasn't happened yet, but mm -hmm. we're preoccupied with other things besides this present moment, today, right now, what's happening in front of us. And so this for me is a way to be more present to what is happening mm -hmm. and to see just how this will unfold without any preconceived ideas, without a plan, without um, 
yeah, my plan is no plan, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's the plan. Um, and to just allow this to happen every day with the commitment of doing it. I don't write at a specific time. As a matter of fact, today's love letter is in draft. I didn't finish it before getting on here with you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of like making a commitment to go to the gym, mm -hmm. right? And just sticking with it. You do it every day. And, um, and you sort of can't do that in advance, right? It has to happen right. that day. <laughs> yeah. And so this for me is a, a writing gym, a brain gym, a discipline gym for myself around the work that I do. And I think part of it too, is to challenge myself to be able to write content and serve and teach for 366 consecutive days. That is so cool. That is really cool. So can you give us a hint? What do you, what did you write about today? So I am writing about the art of appreciation today, about ah. appreciating everything. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so um, what if it's all good and there is no bad and ugly? <laughs> that, that's kind of where we're going with this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I say more about that. So I really believe that every, so let me start this way. Oftentimes we get stuck in things that feel uncomfortable, that we don't like. Um, some of the examples I use in today's letter are, you know, that person that frustrates us because we think they don't hear us or that job that's really demanding. So I can't find any time for myself. Um, and when we are sort of stuck in those things, we are actually resisting what is. Mm. Right. We want that person to be different or we think somehow that job might change. So all of a sudden we'll be able to do the things we want to do. Mm -hmm. If everything, and I truly believe this, if everything that's happening in my life is happening for me, then those things are too. And when I can get out of the resistance of them and into the appreciation of them, then I can see the value in them. Then I can see the lesson, the message, whatever it is that's in them. So for example, if I'm feeling frustrated because someone, because there's a person in my life that I think isn't listening to me, I'm, I'm so irritated with that person. They're not, you know, they don't hear me. They're not listening to me. Maybe that's an opportunity for me to listen, mm -hmm. right? Maybe what I'm seeing is a mirror, right? And that may be an opportunity for me to listen. Where am I not? Well, where am I not listening to myself? Mm -hmm. But the more I resist that, because I think it should be different, the more frustration, the more suffering, if you will, I'm going to feel in my life. And when we can move to appreciate everything, we can find the gifts in it, the intelligence in it, the wisdom in it, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the, I love the whole concept and it's part of, part of what, I think I've been learning uh, a lot this year. I've been 
or I've been challenged to go to the next level with that, where it was easy to appreciate the things that felt small, felt, Mm -hmm. you know, felt irritating versus the things that felt catastrophic. And I've had several catastrophic events happen to me in the last year where I still don't know the full meaning of them. I still, and I, I may never know the full meaning of what, what the universe was trying to do for me. They, they come on the, in the uh, realm of, um, well, if you missed that plane, maybe it was because that was the plane that was going to crash. And that because you weren't on that plane, they they left the gate a minute earlier, so they didn't actually collide with the other plane. And yeah, you know, um, but yes, yeah, so there, it's it's interesting to play with that concept of how is this for me, mm. or in, or simply how can I stop seeing this as something that's against me? or is trying to make my life more difficult this weekend um talking in a in a number of menopause groups which i do uh someone said i just can't wait for this to be over Mm. and it's awful isn't it awful and how you know how can they do to how can they do this to us and it's one of those groups where I can't simply say, Hey, I'm the menopause guru and I know how to change this for you. I know how to help you refocus and re-see everything that's happening to you. So I simply had to put it out there as this doesn't have to be this way. And I got a reply back that was sort of disturbing. And it was very disturbing that I couldn't reach out to this woman, but she said, I'm just waiting for my life to be over. Hmm. And it it just felt so difficult to say, hey, what if this isn't what you think it is? Yeah. Um, anytime we are in the, it should be different place. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be this way. Um, anytime we think something is happening to us, yeah, it's an opportunity. And I, I'm no different than anybody else. When I'm in the thick of it, sometimes I cannot <laughs> see my way. <laughs> and I think no that's different true. than anyone else. <laughs> I think that's true for all of us is that, that we find ourselves down in the weeds sometime and we can't see, um, the for us and, I know for me, one of the, one of the huge things that's part of what the work I do is help to get like to chop down the weeds to a manageable size so that you can stick your head up and see what, see the world around you and see what it's, it's possible to happen and to happen for you at this time of our lives. And I love sort of the way that you're approaching this whole 
let's look at the world and see just how beautiful it is. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think that is the power of coaching first and foremost. Yeah. Because we often cannot see our own blind spots. <laughs> and it's really wonderful to have someone who is completely on your side, in your camp, right? Um, that can help you see. Yeah. Above the weeds, right? Hey, look over here. <laughs> look over here, it might look a little different, right? Yeah. How do I help you shift your perspective? I think we, um, I know myself personally, um, grew up thinking life was such a serious game. You know, I had to be serious all the time. And the more I learned to hold things lightly, yeah, the more I can see the beauty of them, even when they might feel difficult or challenging. Um, I think one of the um, one of the most challenging things that I work on with women typically is this idea of not having enough time for myself. Mm -hmm. I never have enough time. There are too many demands. My job is demanding or I have a family or whatever the reason is for not making time for ourselves. But the fact of the matter is we are always choosing. Mm -hmm. We are choosing to give our time to a job. We're choosing to give our time to other people and other things. And while it's perfectly natural to want to do things and be kind and loving things, do kind and loving things to the people we care about, and to take pride in the work that we do. I think as women, perfectionism in this Western culture anyway, it's so woven into our lives that we have been conditioned to keep striving for some perfect mother, perfect worker, perfect wife, perfect friend, perfect something that doesn't exist. And yet we spend most of our time trying to do more, trying to, you know, work harder so that we'll be accepted. And the challenge with that is we never learn to accept ourselves. Mm. Right? Because there's this ideal out there that we think we're supposed to meet and it truly doesn't exist. So I was going to ask you a question. I think this way, what you've just said kind of shifts the way I want to think about this a little bit. And I was going to ask you if somebody wanted to put into practice something similar and not necessarily sending out to an email list or even one other person, but perhaps to, to learn to do this as a journaling practice or a art practice or even a music practice and i say that because i'm i'm actually a better artist than i am a mu better musician and i am not an artist <laughs> except in some very specific ways uh, um but if how how would you go about that but i think what i want to say because i start these practices frequently and i think what happens for me and what may happen for a lot of people. And I, I suspect this because I, a friend of mine showed her stack of journals with three pages 
in each one, one which had been written on and then sort of abandoned. Um, how would you approach doing this kind of practice without getting caught up in the perfectionism of making sure you did it every day? Now, you've, you've made a decision to do that, and that's, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But for someone just starting out, and I'm guessing that you had a similar, some sort of practice that, that made it easier to transition into, into a, I'm committing to a daily practice. Not sure. Just thinking perhaps you did. Where would you, how would you suggest balancing this perfectionism versus just doing it? Wow, that's a really great question. And you're right. I I have been writing and journaling for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I have to really think about this answer a little bit <laughs> because I the first thing that comes to mind is it needs to feel like joy for you. Right. So I am a writer. I love to write. And writing a letter every day really is an act of, it it is my joy to do it. I Mm -hmm. love doing this. Mm -hmm. So committing to doing it every day is a little scary Mm -hmm. because I've made it public. I've announced it to the people that, that I serve. And what if I can't, you know, all of those thoughts have gone through my head. What if I screw it up? What if they don't like it? What if, what if, what if? And, um, but there's another, there's another way to look at what if, right? What if it's really good? What if people do like it? What if something comes of this that I could never even expect? Um, so I really think that if you're going to do something like that, it, it's something, it needs to be something that, that feels joyful to you. I think mm-hmm. that's half, I think that's half the commitment or half of what it takes to make the commitment. Mm-hmm. Because if you're doing it just for the sake of doing it, that's for, or if you're doing it because you think you should, or you're doing it because you think other people might like you, if you're doing it, those are all perfectionist reasons, right? Yeah. Those are all what other people might think of me, or I should be doing this. I, I should go to the gym every day, or I should write every day, or whatever that is. Um, the minute... I'm shooting on myself. I speak personally. I know I'm. I know I'm barking up the wrong tree, mm-hmm. um, because that is coming from a place of judgment. I'm not good enough as I am, so I should be doing something else. Um, I think the other piece of this is um, a couple things. Um, so for me, I've made this public that I'm doing this to public, I say public to a small group of people anyway, but it's not a secret. I'm not doing it in private. So I think that has helped me stick to the commitment. I think I've been really candid with people about this might suck, (laughs) Um, but I'm doing it anyway because it, it matters to me. And I think that it does matter to other people as well. Um, so maybe sharing it with just sharing it with a friend, if it's not something that you're doing publicly, is a way to to make that commitment for yourself, having a, a buddy, if you will, that you mm-hmm. check in with. Um, I think the most important piece of this, though, as I'm as I'm sort of thinking this out loud, 
is understanding why you're doing it. Yeah. Right? What is your why? I think that's really valuable in a lot of things. And I don't think we, um, I'm not sure culturally or socially, we give a lot of thought to the why we do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we're doing things. Yeah, we're doing a lot of things because it's the way they've always done. It was the way I was taught to do it. It's, so I've got these beliefs that things have to be a certain way. And when we start really drilling down into why we do anything, we might be surprised to find out that we don't really want to do it. So really being clear about why you would start a daily practice of any kind, whether it's art, music, uh, writing, walking. Going to the gym, yoga, meditation. Anything, yeah. Really understanding why you're doing it. It's probably the foundation of everything for me. And that's a lot of a lot of the work that I do with my clients too, is helping them get to, you know, if you are so consumed by a job and you're struggling to find time for yourself, tell me why you're doing that. Yeah. Well, I need a paycheck. Okay, great. That's the surface. And there's a lot of surface level things. And then we start to drill down to the why, to the real why, which is oftentimes, you know, I have to because. I think this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and and then we can get to the, what would you really love? Perfect. And you said something earlier too about um, big and little um, situations in your life that, you know, you're, you are looking for lessons in and you, you said something about, I might not even know what they are. I might never know what they are. And that's really true. We, I think we spend a lot of time trying to figure things out. And if we could let them go and just accept what is, we might see the lesson in that, but then we might not, but we're not consumed with trying to figure out the situation. And also to prove to ourselves that the universe is for us in a way, because if you have a situation and mine was a horrific car accident last year in which fortunately no one was actually injured badly um but caused a lot of fallout in order to believe that the universe is for me then i either have to do one of two things I either have to accept that this happened and it, and somehow, some way, it was for me, or I have to figure that out. And I think too often, and this is just sort of evolving from the conversation naturally, I think too often we we feel like if we can't prove to ourselves why it was for us or how it was for us, then we have to go back and say, well, maybe it wasn't for us. Maybe maybe the universe isn't a friendly place. Maybe this isn't, um, maybe this was bad. Maybe this was ugly. Just an interesting thought based on what you've been saying. Well, and I think that, I think that's a really great point because the situation as it happened May not be wonderful. 
it wasn't. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. It could be what we consider bad or horrible or tragic or traumatic. That is the situation. That's what happened. And that's how we experienced it. Mm -hmm. And so there's, this is not about denying the experience. It's about what do I want to do with it now? Yeah. Do I want to stay in the pain and suffering of it, whatever that might be, which is often simply my mind replaying the difficulties? Or do I want to say, okay, this, this happened. It was painful. It was stressful. It was whatever it was. And I allow myself to, to, to address that and to know that and to feel that and say, now, what do I want to do with this? Who do I want to be? Do I want to be the person that's down here going, life sucks, this is awful, I'll never get over this? Or do I want to say, okay, I can move on from this. What do I want to do now? Elaine, this has been a great conversation. And I'd love to, uh, I'd love to sit here all day, but I'm sure that at some point our listeners have got either reached their destination in their car or whatever. How can somebody get up, subscribe to this daily letter from you so that they can hear your musings about all of these topics and, and get this great wisdom? Thank you. I would love for people to subscribe. You can go to um, elaineblaze.com forward slash love dash letters. This is not yet on my website. So you need to put in the love dash letters. Okay. If you go to my website, there is a free download that you can get for something else. And um, which is a little guide to um, cracking the code to feel his self-approval. Um, and you'll end up getting my love letters at some point through that. But if you want to go directly to love letters, um, elaineblaze.com forward slash love hyphen letters. And that will be in the show notes. Elaine, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure and it's certainly been thought provoking. Thank you so much for showing up uh, for coming. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you. 